Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, photos, videos, arguments, other things at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Coasting with me, Melody Lauer. Aloha. Well, I understood that one. Do you know what the state fish of Hawaii is? No. The humuhumunukunukuapua'a. It took me literally 24 hours to learn how to say that. Try it. Come on. 20, 20, I, 24 hours straight? I dare you. Come on. So, luckily, I'm 35 years old, and your Jedi mind tricks. I double dog dare. Oh. (laughs) I triple dog dare you. No. (laughs) Come on. Hey, guess what? What's that? This statement brought to you by Lucky Gunner and Federal Premium Ammunition. Whether there was a firefight or you do, in fact, want to worry about that little guy, you need more ammo. And when it's time to restock, you can't beat Federal Premium Ammunition at LuckyGunner.com. With a shipping department that's always moving at 88 miles per hour, if I order a case of American Eagle from Lucky Gunner on a Thursday, it's at my doorstep ready to shoot before the weekend starts. Head to LuckyGunner.com today to check out their in-stock lineup of federal premium ammunition. And remember, unless you're on fire or drowning, you can never really have too much ammo. And maybe some other scenarios that I haven't considered. I mean, I suppose... If you were climbing up a big giant hill and had to do no shooting at the end of the hill... And the ammo was just like a... Just a weight. Yeah, just like a, I don't know, a Roman punishment. Like, mythology. Yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. What's, Wait, what, what, what's his name? No. The, yeah. the guy that had to push the boulder up the hill continuously. What was his name? I knew until you asked me. I'll think... Uh, it's bothering so me. So you know what's going to be funny about this? So we're time traveling, right? So we're going to... Rec- yeah, we're going to record a bunch of episodes today. And, like, people are going to be listening to this, and three weeks from now, I'm going to randomly blurt out who it is. Icarus or whatever. No, Icarus was the one who who flew. (gasps) Sisyphus. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Icarus was the guy who flew too close to the sun, and his wax wings melted. What was his father's name? Ooh. Oh. It was Icarus and dang. Hmm. Hey, so we're doing a Facebook user <laughs> question episode. Question number one. What was the father of Icarus? <laughs> Daedalus. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, you look I'm, like you I'm, have I'm, a look of doubt on your face. Remember every other time where you've asked me if I'm sure okay, and then you Googled it? Okay, we have the Googles. It? We yeah. have the Googles. Okay, yes, we're doing a Facebook user episode. And you know what's great about this one? Mm-hmm. Is that, so we've been kind of like, compiling Facebook user questions for right. a long time and we'll ask them, you know, like, okay, there's some that are good from this time and there'll be some. There was really good questions um that were posted to the last 
Facebook users. So good on you, Facebook users. You mm. you 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 stepped up to the plate and gave us so many good questions in this last month that um, we don't have to bounce around too much. No, it's all. I'm looking at these. Yeah, these are, aren't they good? They're good. They are. Anyway, so I think. What do you want me to ask first, or do you want you to? That's ask That's generally first? how this works. Is it? We yeah. some. Should we flip a coin? We should flip a coin. I don't have a coin, and then we're wasting airtime. All right. Let's see. Um. Okay. You know what? I got to do this one because this is cool. It's is it the crotch one? No. Okay. No. 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 It's the one. What was your favorite? Uh. Um. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. What was your favorite co-host and why on the show? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out who's who 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 asked. Right here. You were uh, really doing Glenn, bad at this. Glenn Doss. Okay. Who's the best co-worker you've had on the show? Pros and cons. No. <laughs> no. Not even a little. I can answer that question. I think Jack Jack was the best. What? Co- so most entertaining? Yeah, I think I think people like Jack the most. Um I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Joe on this one because Joe makes the magic happen. Joe's like, that yeah, that that's true. right. That's he's he's shaking his head like, good choice. Your people will be able to hear you this week, maybe. Um, man, everyone everyone was good for different reasons. Uh, I'll tell you who my favorite was, Andy. I don't. And yeah, you don't remember Andy? Andy Ulrich uh, got absolutely nothing for doing the show. So, and that's back like back when we were starting. The reason he did the show was because he thought it was something cool to do. Um, I I had no way to compensate him for that, and he did it out of the, you know, uh, I I've been very lucky that a lot of people have helped me for no reason other than they thought, like, hey, I'll help this dude. Uh, and Andy's one of them. And as far as like people that uh, contributed the most to the show for the least. Uh, amount of return on their investment, I'd I'd say Andy's got to win that one. So, uh, Mr. Andy Ulrich, my favorite. So, because free labor is best labor. <laughs> that is not always as, true. As, as a dirty <laughs> capitalist, so. that is not always true. So, hey, I know that we've got this great. Oh, you're dying. I am dying. Hey, Sorry. see this button that says <laughs> cough? Wow. Hey, look, Melody went away. I turned her microphone off. Um. So I know we've got like this very nicely compiled, like, oh, these are all great questions. But remember, you have to read their name. I did read his name, Glenn Doss. Afterwards. I was trying to find the question. Continue. Just yeah. now you're wasting airspace. Why would I do that? Um, yeah, we need to put these in notes. We can't just have it sitting here. In the future. Uh, so Ross Hick asked, John seems to be carrying a lot of revolvers lately. Has Melody considered being maimed in the thoroughfare as well? I love that, maimed in the thoroughfare. I'm yeah. staying. I'm stealing that. I have carried revolvers before. So when I was pregnant, I commonly would be found, seen, no, I wouldn't be seen, with a um, three, oh, dang it. I sold it to you. So what was the- The what, 340. Yes, the 340. I wanted to say 350, but I knew that wasn't 340 right. PD. The 340 PD. And so here's the thing. While that, that gun was extremely light and it was very easy to carry in that sense. It was um, extremely light. It was <laughs> I, I I put a cylinder's worth of, of rounds to three fifty seven magnums through no, that thing. Why why would you do that? Because I'm a masochist, apparently, because man, that was not pleasant at all. Um 
Well, so were you, were you one of the – well, if, if, if it's chambered for 357 Magnum, no, I'm – I literally just wanted to see. Like oh. I really wanted to see like how bad is this, and it's, it's bad. I put it's a couple bad. chambers of 38 plus P through it, and I'm and like, you're like, nope. 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 So I did carry that for a little bit. Um, so here's, but here's the thing with me and in, in revolvers. Like one, I I think that there is a utility for them. I think that they are can be great. Like I do not necessarily think the adage of oh women should start with revolvers kind of a thing is true. Um, for other reasons, and namely, I have extremely small hands. Like when people tease, freakishly small. Yeah, hands. when when people tease me about like my hands, they aren't kidding. Like I have really small hands, and the trigger reach on revolvers can be so much that I really can't reach the trigger. And usually, the trigger actions are much heavier, and I can go so. If you've ever gone to like a revolver class, sometimes they'll do this drill where they'll just have you dry fire a revolver as fast as you can until your hand gives out, until you you just cannot physically pull the trigger anymore. It takes me about um, 20, 25, maybe 30 pulls before my hand gives out, whereas for an average dude, it's about 90 so if you look at that uh, and you look at the rate of fatigue that will happen with my hand versus someone else, um, either I need to get a lot stronger and suddenly well, magically grow my fingers or... Um, you know what it is, right? What? You should quit being small. Yeah, I should just stop that right now. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is... is these, Buy more money. This The cylinder makes it a little bit harder to conceal than a flat... A, a flatter gun. So I have no problem with revolvers. It's just I don't conceal them and carry them or shoot them as well. So I'm going to slightly disagree with the cylinder makes it harder to conceal part. I, I'm saying on me. Right. And, well, and that's the other thing, too, is that um, here's why. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Melody. that was me drinking my coffee. I apologize. You can turn the microphone off. <laughs> You've been doing this for like a year and a half now. Just answer the question. Um, the you know, depending on what your holster setup is, um, it's you know the cylinder is below the belt line, and the only thing you're hiding is the grip, and the grip can be incredibly, um, incredibly small, especially on like a J frame. So it also depends what you're wearing, because like I've been experimenting a lot with. Uh, like gym short carry and stuff like that, and revolvers. I, I I've got some thoughts and ideas. And to be fair, I could probably try and find a way now that works better. Well, and that's yeah. But hey, anyway, we're answering your questions. It's a Facebook user question episode, and you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the new EDCX9, which offers discriminating shooters, 1911 match-grade accuracy, superior ergonomics and concealability with modern service pistol capacity and reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. So it's a Facebook user episode question answerer thingies. Majilly Badigger. Yeah. Um, I also, too, guys, I just want to have a moment of silence because the headphones that I have used for every single episode of Ballistic Radio 
died last at, at the end of the last recording session. So I'm I, I'm retiring those headphones. I'm using different headphones today. So if if like the show sounds kind of weird or whatever, it's because my mojo has not transferred to the new headphones yet, and I just want to apologize. I want to apologize now. Okay then. Hey, it's your turn to ask a question. And this one I think is going to be interesting. Corey Dean Utter asked, with proper belt, holster, and firearm selection, is it still necessary to wear baggy clothes for concealment? Why has sloppy clothing and appearance become ingrained in the gun culture? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm going to hurt some feelings right now. I know. I'm like. Wow, you can actually hear your hands rubbing together. You need some lotion or something. Those sound dry. Um, that's uh, probably because a lot of the people in the gun culture are fat. So, I mean. I say it has less to do with gun and more to do with gut. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, legit, it's <laughs> – I, I can say this. I was fat, right? I'm, I'm still bigger than I want to be, but um, – you know, man, I think a lot of people are wearing baggy clothes because they are not comfortable with how they look, period. And, you know, I know personally as a fat guy what I did. And then I'm, I'll ask Joe, too. You guys won't be able to hear him. But, um, you know, when I was at my biggest, what I would do is wear stuff that was pretty much tense because tight clothes scared me pretty much. And Yeah, Joe's like, I wore moo-moos. Um, <laughs> So I think a lot of it has to do with um, with that. And then I think a lot of it has to do with people using really crappy gear that's not going to conceal anyway. So the way they make up for that is by um, by having just baggier clothes. Because I know the, the old bit of wisdom was, you know, wear a shirt that's one size too big. Uh, and especially if you're carrying like OWB, stuff like that. But... Man, I just, I honestly think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, some, not all, but but some of the gun culture, especially some of the gun culture that is the most vocal and drives the culture the most, uh, has no idea how to dress, is maybe not in the best shape, uh, and doesn't work or live in an environment where they need to look professional. That's... I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Now, do you need to do that new? And that's something that I have been. What's funny to me is like a lot of people are like, you know, uh, whenever I post a picture of like me caring one way or another, it's always, well, if I were skinny, I could do that. Like at at my lower weights, like right now I'm like 212, you know, but uh, when I was up around like 290, people were always... um, you know, well, if I were that size, I could do this. So, like, whatever whatever size you aren't, that's the magic size for carrying a gun comfortably. Uh, and I, I will say this. The smaller you are, the harder it is to carry a gun. Uh, I know that is the exact opposite of what everyone always says. But having been both, way more difficult now concealing a full-size firearm than it was at 290, right? Um, so... I don't know. I think that was a very looping sort of answer where, I mean, that's something Claude Werner and us have spoken about. What What do you think, Melody? <laughs> You're tiny and sometimes look nice. Well, so as someone who has been always small, um, I think, one, 
there's a lot of bad advice that gets thrown out there. Like no. For instance, I have always heard, well, if you're carrying inside the waistband, you should always get a size pants larger than what you wear. No, no, especially if you're carrying AIWB. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, certain pants you might have to, but for the most part, wear what fits you. Here's the other thing. Like John mentioned already, there's a lot of people who have no idea what actually fits them. Um, Either they wear clothes that are way too small for them because they are hopeful that they are that that size or they wear clothes that are way too big for them because they don't actually understand what looks good on them. So there's that issue. And then there is this um, predominant advice that gets thrown around. We'll just buy as soon as you start carrying a gun, buy a size that's bigger than you. No. And here it's 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 smart shopping. So I, I mean, I wish that there were more pictures of me. I Most of the pictures that are out there of me are me at the range. You know, and I'm wearing the range attire that's comfortable for that environment. Hey, but you, in you general, wrote an article about that, right? Yeah, but in general, what would you say I look like, John? In general, uh, you a mom. Know, <laughs> thanks. Well, but, I mean, so you know, so you look like the mom that's not quite to the level of depression where they don't care anymore and have let themselves go. Wow. So I like, was not going for this description. You can stop talking. No. Now. <laughs> so you're like the oh, I still care about life. And okay. Have not given up. So, so like, like I like heels. The, the well dressed soccer mom. Thank you. Versus I like the heels. oh god, get in the van. I like skinny jeans. I like um, you know, cute tops and sweaters and blazers and things like that. Like that's my style. And I think that in general you can dress very professionally and very appropriately and even um in quite fitted clothing and have really good concealment if you're doing it right, if you're doing all the other things right. But I think we've spent a lot of time on this one. I don't care. You we've spent as much time on this as we decide because yeah, um, hmm. here we'll both. I, I'm curious. Uh, Chris North, you do a lot of drills with Lucky Gunner on YouTube. What is the one drill you would do if you could only shoot that one drill for the rest of time? Oh, I hate these kinds of questions. And why? So what what is your one practical shooting drill? Like, you can only do one now. This works on everything. Mm. I'm curious to see how on the same page we are. Well, the problem is, is that we shoot all the same drills. Not all the same drills, but we shoot a lot of the I same I got some drills. new stuff you haven't seen yet. I know. Um... The thing that keeps popping up is the super test because the – so I wanted to say something like a fast or I wanted to say a dot torture. But the reason I don't like those is because they're so limited in their application and you're really only testing a few things. Whereas I think with the super test, you are getting a little bit more over-encompassing skills. So like for instance, you're getting a lot of – just up close, fast, hose it down as fast as you can kind of, not as fast as you can pull the trigger, but pretty close to. Then you're going back to like a medium distance and a medium time frame that's very comfortable if if you're doing everything right. And then you're going back even further and working on distance and accuracy and that really fine trigger press. So I think that particular drill is going to be the most overarching 
assessment and that's why and and helps you work on a few more things as you're going but i i think that's why i like it if i could only do one well and i think the other thing too is uh hmm. yeah so the super test is what immediately springs to mind i would actually so if you said you're only could you do variations of it well so really what i would do uh i would do the super mega test which is my take on it which adds a 25 yard string uh and if you like said, well, you can only shoot one drill while this is it. And it's like, okay, um, I'd probably do that. Um, some of the other stuff will have reloads and, you know, other things that are not necessarily as relevant for private citizen self-defense as, um, is, you know, is what I want. Um, so I'm not going to focus my time and resources on those. I think the other thing too, and this is where a lot of people get confused, um, is they don't delineate between the type of, uh, type of shooting that they're interested in. Right. So if I'm a self-defense shooter, I might work different skills. than if I were a, um, you know, a competition shooter, I might work different skills. If let's say I'm still interested in self-defense, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a cop, uh, then I might start emphasizing reloads more. I might start emphasizing some other things more. It all depends on what your context is, which I know is um, uh, sort of, you didn't take your medicine this morning yet, did you? I can tell. Um, yeah, hey, this this works out. We're We're just having all sorts of fun, and you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire America's beacon of freedom. This segment also brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light on it, and that's where Surefire comes in. From the new 1200 lumen EDCL 2T handheld or a 500 lumen EDCL 1T handheld to the 1000 lumen. X300, it's finally here. 1,000 lumen upgraded X300 fits in all your old X300 holsters. Surefire can make sure you never have to yell Aziz light ever again. Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. So, we are just being distracted and all sorts of stuff. I, what were you doing when what I was, was reading? Oh, my... This with this? No, like you were you were trying to get my attention while I was reading the Surefire. No, I wasn't trying to get your attention. Why I, were you flailing then? I was flailing because my mouth tasted terrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was I sorry. How do we have a radio show? <laughs> Can I ask I mean, you a question? Yeah, but so like, you ever have those moments in your life where you're like, "Why did someone make me <laughs> responsible?" So yes, I remember the first the ti- moment I had my first child. Well, that's this what I was going to say. Like, idea. I remember when my son was born and like they here, here he is in a car seat. OK. And I'm like, I've got this car seat with my child. And I'm like, oh, God, they gave me a human. Yeah, I felt the same way. I got home and I'm like, uh, what do I do now? No, it was they handed him to me like <laughs> in the car seat. And I'm like, uh, and now I just had like that same feeling where like. 
we're, we've got a radio show. People listen to this. Uh, so sorry. sorry, people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, it's a Facebook user question so episode. Are two questions that I want to ask you, and I'm just like, Rah. but I'll start at the top and work my way down. Dale Miller. Should left-handed folks use a gun with left-handed magazine release and slide locks or learn to use right-handed controls found on all guns? Either. I mean, so like I went and um, Melody and I both went and took a class left-handed. And Melody was running a uh, gun that had ambidextrous controls. Um, And I was running a gun that did not. And Melody and I were both the top. uh, Well, Melody was the top shooter. (laughs) Uh, but we both shot perfect scores on the qual left-handed. Um, and to be fair, it was not the hardest qual we've ever done. No, but it no. was it was difficult. Hey, doing it left-handed made it more difficult. Right? Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, like, well, so the the point being though, there was there was not any time where I felt particularly held back uh, by not having controls on either side, and so I'm running a Gen Five Glock right now. Uh, which has an ambidextrous slide stop. And I've actually, um, I'm thinking about putting a Gen 4 slide stop on it because, well, for reasons, and we don't need to get into them for right now, but for other reasons. And I, I'm not going to miss that right side control if I don't have it anymore. So so what's interesting is I have taught quite a few lefties and I have. I, I gotta. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. We we have to mention Tim Heron at some point. Yes, yes. But um, what I think is really that that people, I guess, don't think about very much is left-handed people are very very good at adapting to right-handed everything because that's what they do. They live in a right-handed world. And what is interesting to me is how many times I have taught. Someone, even if they are a brand new shooter, I've put them on a left-handed gun and they start doing things that a righty would do or or um, using the right-handed controls more often than you would even suspect they would. Like, for instance, even if it has an ambidextrous magazine release, they'll still release it with the middle finger of, you know, their left hand. Or they'll they'll do some other weird thing that you would assume that they would not do. And when John and I were doing that, I found myself, even though I had completely set my gun up for a lefty, I found myself doing things, even with my left hand, that um, would assume that the gun was set up for a righty. So I think it's it's left-handed people can do it. And I think the best thing to do is just let them figure it out. Give them more than one option. Uh, give them, hey, you can do this, you can do this, or you can do this. Let them try it out, and whatever they decide works works very well for them. Let them do it, and they might switch to something else later on. Well, and so Tim Heron, who is uh, running a, a single stack nineteen eleven uh, with forty five, is a left handed shooter and does things with a gun that is not considered a left handed friendly gun at all. Um, that that I can't come close to. So I don't think it's nearly as uh, big of a limiting factors, you know, yeah. and I, so, and I reserve the right to at any point completely change my mind based on whether or not a firearms company is paying me money to tout <laughs> the benefits of full ambidextrous controls. But since that's not going on right now, I like full ambidextrous controls. And here's the thing there have been times, though, 
that I've had a left-handed student that struggled so much with just a right-hand only gun that I said, this just isn't working for Well, them. and I, I think that's the other thing too, is that people are people and there's no one size fits all answer. Which is why we have other yeah. options. And honestly, like if you've got, if, if you're, if you want one, the, there are good options. If you don't want one, okay. So, uh, it is my, uh, turn to ask a question. So what I kind of want to do is ask a question that is directed specifically at me because it would to be me. Yeah. To you. That why would, Okay. Um, like the, I think why are fans so obsessed with your crotch is, but that doesn't work for you. So that question, no, do you want to, no. <laughs> do I want to talk about your crotch? On no, <laughs> no, wave off, yeah, wave like, off. No, pattern is there. full, pattern is full. Um, he's, so if you follow the Facebook page or the Instagram page, you'd get to see a lot of people uh, very angry at what I stuffed down the front of my pants. They get angry at me for what I stuffed down the front of my pants, too. Phrasing. So how do you sit down? Well, generally, I aim with my butt and I bend my knees. Yeah. So, um, hmm. Let's do you see. Do me just ask another one? Will you find one? No. I uh, Here. Kyle Goley asks. Do you enjoy shooting rifles or pistols more? I am a pistol person. And the reason for this is a couple of things. One, uh, practically, I use a pistol more. I mean, I carry a pistol every single day. I do not carry a rifle every day. And so to me, it makes sense that I train more often on the thing that I am going to potentially use so there's that. Two, the access to rifle ranges is more limited than to piss. I can go to my neighbor's backyard and Don't you live in the middle of a rifle range pretty much? Not, I mean, not exactly. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere, and I, and I can shoot pistols at my neighbor's, but I cannot shoot rifles. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just an access thing. I, I, and honestly, I, I actually like pistol shooting more than I like rifle. Even though rifle shooting is easier, and maybe that's why I like it, is because it's a little more challenging. Well, so the other thing, too, is if, if you're a good – so if Not you, that I'm saying rifle shooting can't be challenging. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to I make sure I'm very clear there. There are definitely challenging aspects to it. It's just – um just stop just yeah i'm stopping <laughs> uh the the other thing too is so i i enjoy shooting uh pistols more as well um mainly because if i keep up with pistols i lose absolutely nothing when i pick a rifle up like if i if i've been doing work with a pistol and i pick a rifle up i am fine there is no problem at all if I've been doing a lot of rifle stuff and I go back to a pistol, all of, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden, I don't know how a pistol works anymore. And so, I'm like, why am I? Why am I all over the place? Why am I smashing the crap out of this? Control? Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um. So, I think I enjoy pistol shooting a little bit more just because. Not that I don't enjoy rifle shooting, and we've actually got some rifle stuff we are gonna be trying to do upcoming. Um. So. That's uh, that's something to look forward to. But, yeah, generally, that's kind of where I'm at. It's your turn to ask a question. Okay. So Phil Hankey says, I know that I am wrong, but I cannot get over the mental block with being able to carry with one in the chamber. Any advice on getting over this? And I actually think this is a really good question. Um, this is a really good question, but we've only got 60 seconds left. 
So here's here's something that I want you, the listener, to consider before we come back. Uh, is he wrong for not carrying with a round in the chamber? And that's that's actually kind of an interesting question and, and something, you know, because the base assumption is I know I'm wrong, but and it's like, what are you? So I'm, I'm just wait till you come back. Yeah, and hear the rest. Yes, exactly. A teaser. Anyway, we'll answer that question and more. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place to find all your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from Surefire at the lowest price. No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an RMR? BigTexOutdoors.com has those. Glock accessories? Yes! Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike, everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. Hey, I did it! I didn't mess it up! So I want to welcome uh, Big Tex Outdoors to the Ballistic Radio family, as you guys noticed, new segment sponsor. Um, You really need to check them out. It's an amazing buying experience. They've got a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, and as you may have noticed, they have this guy called Ike, who's, uh, the owner. Awesome dude. So if you got any, any problems, questions or anything like that, Ike can help you out. And he actually knows what he's talking about, which is cool. Cause I know I've dealt with a bunch of places in the past and you get like gun store advice. It's like, uh, yeah, you want this, uh, five shot revolver. And it's like, I'm hunting coyote at 400 yard. Yeah. Uh, the pink one. No, Ike knows what's up. So go check them out. We are Answering your questions, and and Phil Hankey asked, uh, how can he get over not um, not caring with a round chamber? And the question that I asked was, is he wrong? So I think that's a two-part thing. Um, a lot of people know things about themselves and then get peer pressured into doing things that they probably shouldn't do. I actually think carrying a gun is one of those. There are plenty of people that go, I'm not comfortable carrying a gun. And then we're like, you should carry if you are serious about protecting yourself and your loved ones. It's like, no, if you don't think you should carry, you shouldn't do that. Have you have you considered pepper spray? Um, and honestly, man, if um, if if you don't want to carry with a round chamber, then OK, don't. Um, the thing that, and this is Melody's idea, so I don't want to take credit for this idea, but like what we do when we instruct uh, is if someone comes to our class and they carry that way, well, they do the class that way. And it usually doesn't take too long for people to um, make a mistake, uh, forget to chamber around or induce a malfunction when they're doing a drill or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, if that had been real life, I'd be dead. And it's like, yes, yes, you would. Um, so I think the end state that you want to get to is being comfortable carrying around chambered. Um, how you do that, um, I, frankly, I think the way to do that is go take a class, uh, and try it the way that you've been doing it and then 
see see how you feel about it afterwards and go from there. But I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, the the thing that here's something I will say is we like to, and by we I mean the industry and the training industry. We like to say, oh my God, if you carry this way, you will you will die in the streets. That's not true. Uh, I've seen plenty of videos of successful um, self defense conducted with a gun that started out uh, chamber empty. It's just you are you are seriously limiting yourself uh, and your ability to respond. Um, and the the criteria needs to exist for you to be able to get that gun into play. Uh, and if it doesn't exist, you don't have a lot of options. So there are certain scenarios where, yeah, you can get away with that and you'll be fine. And there are other scenarios where that extra time will absolutely get you killed. So, And you don't get to pick ahead of time which one you find yourself in, right? Um so yeah, that's that's kind of like my I'm not going to browbeat you and you're an adult and you can make your own decisions answer. And hopefully what do, what do you think? So, usually when someone tells me that, uh, the first question I ask is why? Mm-hmm. Um what what are you worried about? There and it, usually it comes down to one or two answers. One, they're afraid that the gun will just go off um and they don't understand the actual mechanical workings of the firearm that keeps that from happening. And so if that is the problem, then I suggest they get their owner's manual out, they go on YouTube and they learn what the actual mechanism mechanisms that are in place that make that particular firearm work and what protects it from something like a an accidental like a true accidental discharge meaning the the firearm went off without any input from you as the as the wearer or the owner um so that's that's and usually when people go through that process they go oh hey i didn't realize there's so many different things that that are protecting this from happening and i'm now more comfortable um but the second thing is a lot of times or uh, there's three so that was number one number two it's usually um they themselves do not feel like they are safe yet and they want that extra little layer of well you know I, I, it just it makes me feel safer not to have one in the chamber in case I screw up. Um, well, if you're worried that you do not have the responsible handling to have a a loaded firearm, then maybe you shouldn't have a firearm yet. Maybe or you know be carrying it out and about. I'm not saying that you shouldn't own it, but you definitely should probably be taking more training to the point where you are getting that um, getting prepared for that. Because a lot of times people think that they're being safer by not having a round in the chamber, and actually they're setting themselves up for unsafe handling. They go, oh, well, I know I don't have one in the chamber, so I can do this. And whatever they're doing it breaks one of the fundamental rules of what we would call safe handling because they're assuming that it's unloaded. Um, and I said there was a third thing, and now it just the, completely the third flew thing, out of my head. Yeah, the third thing is they're scared someone's going to get the gun away from them and shoot them with it. No, a- I was going to say it's a, it's a stopgap. Like, well, I've got a, I've got a stopgap in case... Well, so the one I always hear is like, well, if someone gets my gun away from me, this way there's not a round in the chamber. And I'm like, or, or you could learn how to keep that from happening. You can learn firearms retention. Yeah. So, Uh, so, yeah. So a lot of it comes down to to training. Why don't, why don't you ask one more question? I think we got time. It's your turn. Is it my turn? Yeah, I asked that question. How about you ask another one? Uh, (laughs) Oh, and by the way, so this isn't an in the future moment, 
Like, we can't have the questions be just on the post. We need to... Which is hilarious, considering that's how you did it for the first however many years Uh, until I came along. Yeah, and you know, that's this is how those shows went. And (laughs) then we were doing this better thing that went better, and now it's not... It's it's back to the old way. Okay, so um, Nick... Okay, I'm going to butcher his name. Lopatofsky... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm laughing at Melody, not you. Okay, I'm not even going to try again. Nick. Nick says, uh, post-Ayub class, what are your thoughts on using modified or enhanced bunny ears guns for CCW, and have they changed from before you took the class? Um, No. I'm using the same stuff that I was using before. And what's what's funny enough is I actually had Mass uh, shoot my, my modified, you know, triggered whatever, and he goes, well, no one's going to be able to call... Th- wait, wait. No one's going to be able to call that a modified trigger, a lightened trigger. A hair trigger. Hair trigger. Hair trigger. I, can't, I can't even drop my voice low enough. <laughs> Hold on. No, I can't do it. Anyway, uh, so I think it depends what the modification is and whether you can articulate while you're modifying it that way. And as long as you're staying within certain guidelines. So, like, when I modify a carry gun, I'm at least in a Glock, I'm technically making the trigger heavier. Um, I'm getting a smoother trigger pull than I had before, and I'm doing it through a, you know, a, a combination of parts, but, like, it's it's, it's, not, a, it's not a lightened trigger, right? Um, and I'm not disabling any safety. So I think as long as you're not lightening the trigger pull be, uh, beneath an acceptable level, um, and as long as you're not disabling any factory-installed safeties, you're you're probably fine, right? Um, now, if if like the modification is uh, only God and me can judge, or something like that, and you've got that written on the side of your gun, or smile, wait for the flash, uh, or um, you know anything that's going to cost money to get your lawyer to try and suppress coming out during the trial, um, probably not a good idea, right? And that's that's kind of the thing. Um, I think a lot of people don't, don't have a solid understanding of how bad these things can go as far as how things can be twisted and used against you and stuff like that. But anyway, we're at the end of the show. Thank God. Uh, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com, like our Facebook page, at Facebook.com, slash Ballistic Radio. And hey, keep leaving those five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week with Gabe White.